Well, it has certainly been a joy and honor, amen, and uh, just seeing what God does among his people, it keeps you fresh, keeps you renewed, and knowing that God is working beside us and uh, performing his word, and thank you so much for your faithfulness all week long. Um, I want to finish out of Acts chapter 16, and the subject tonight might be a little uncomfortable for some people, maybe a little nervous, uh, but it is meant to give you an understanding and dominion in this spiritual arena. I want to begin by stating that the supernatural is real. If we God's people are not accessing the supernatural, and producing supernatural displays of God's power, I can assure you the enemy is. And if we God's people are not establishing the dominion of the kingdom of God, the enemy is establishing his. Now one of the go-to weapons of the demonic realm is the spirit of witchcraft. Witchcraft employs the supernatural. And with witchcraft can come demonic manifestations, can come physical sickness. Witchcraft carries with it a very unsettling element that afflicts, unsettles and torments people's lives. Now, witchcraft initiates and empowers the demonic realm it points them in a very particular direction with a very particular purpose to hinder, to produce bondages, to lead to torment, and to empower active curses. Now, I do want to say this before I go any further. Witchcraft often gets the blame when God's people can't figure out certain things and why they're happening. And many times when we're left without an answer, we just blame it on witchcraft, but it's not always the fact. And I would even say that if you have to guess at it, it's either not witchcraft or our discernment is maybe not at work. Having said that, witchcraft is a go-to weapon of the enemy. And I want to minister on this topic, confronting the power of witchcraft out of Acts chapter 16. 16 through 18. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. She brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us, cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. This she did for many days but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, he's not talking to the little girl here, he's talking to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Confronting the power of witchcraft, I want to first talk to you about the reality of witchcraft. Now, witchcraft comes in many different ways, and Jesus described spirits that are stronger than others, and this same thought is true 
the same feature that not all witchcraft is equal in its power and in its influence. In this text, we are introduced to the spirit of divination. Now, herein is the reality that we face in spiritual warfare. I call this the go-to weapon of hell to a soul. It doesn't mean that it's always active or it's more active than another thing. But when the devil wants to interfere or stop or stand against, often this is the go-to weapon. It is to hinder, often to torment, to plant seeds of fear and timidity going forward, to afflict physically or mentally, to oppress, to resist. Now, every culture is a bit different in how the spirit of witchcraft manifests itself and how powerful it is. There are places that it is so entrenched in the culture that it is a very powerful manifestation, and there are other places not so much. Now, I picked up an article, and it says, witches now outnumber Presbyterians. In 1990, Wicca, it's an organization of witches, Wicca in the United States numbered about 8,000 people, very small, not, not even significant. By 2008, that number grew to 340,000. In the following 10 years till 2018, it became 1 to 1.5 million. Now, these numbers do not include other types of witchcraft like cunanderos, palm readers, tarot card readers, things of this sort. And then you have a whole nother realm that deals with Satanists, which is a far more deliberate and evil attempt to employ witchcraft as a means to harm. Now, I didn't know this stat I'm about to read you. It actually kind of took me back a little. But stats show that witchcraft is the fourth largest religion in America. They estimate there are approximately 4 million Satanists in America. If you were to divide that up over 50 states, that's 80,000 Satanists per state. That's pretty significant. So witchcraft is a very real arena that we face in a spiritual world. In this text, this young girl had a spirit of divination. Now, witchcraft does not originate through people. It is a spirit. Demonic workers that carry and propagate witchcraft. That is their skill. Spirits of witchcraft or demons whose specialty is witchcraft. Now, this girl was possessed by one of those spirits which produced the witchcraft she performed. Now, this word divination is interpreted as python. Now, python is a serpent, and we all know who the ultimate serpent is. That means that witchcraft originates within Satan himself. This is Satan's supernatural power on display. He will grant people access to use this power, traffic in this power, just like God grants his people the ability to use his power for the purpose of the kingdom. In this text, this girl was a fortune teller, so she had a 
demonic gifting to tell the future and to practice witchcraft. So witchcraft is the power of the demonic on display, but it goes beyond just witches that pronounce curses. That's obviously a big part of it. But if it was simply limited to that, it would be probably a lot easier to navigate our way through these weeds when they're there. But it's activated through many different means because we're talking about spirits before we're talking about people. Witchcraft is woven into many different spiritual and religious movements. The obvious of those would be the occult. But there are also secret societies. There are false religions. There's idolatry. There's Eastern religions, meditation, massageology, acupuncture, different types of charms and jewelry and cultural idols and Greek mythology, literature. And then you get into the whole realm of entertainment today. We're talking about games and movies that carry a lot of witchcraft and much more. I was told after I had preached this sermon the first time, a little article, and the guy gave it to me. And in an interview with a former witch, he said that Hollywood would bring witches on when the movie was portraying witchcraft. And they had these witches pray over the set in order to try to project closest to a real experience for those that are watching in a theater or a TV. So we're talking about many different arenas that witchcraft can find expression in and around our lives. And it's becoming more and more woven into the culture that we live in. Just the stat on Wicca and how fast that they've grown. Satan, being the prince of this world, will seek to run this world through his own demonstration of power, manipulation, and control. Now, in every community, and you just mark it down, in every community, some more than others, there are active witches. But you have to get out of your head that witches are these long-haired old women that ride broomsticks and stir potions. Witches are intertwined with communities. They're school teachers. They're politicians. They're local business owners. And in some cases, churchgoers. And my point in all of this is that witchcraft is a reality we face and it is a weapon of the enemy. And you need to know this as a, a follower of Jesus Christ. So secondly, I want to talk about the weapon In this text, witchcraft is employed against the Apostle Paul. This young girl would meet them daily on their way to prayer. She would speak these words of flattery, and in the speaking of this, there was a spirit being released, and this spirit was empowered through the spirit of divination. This is a very important element to understand. I talked to you about the power of words the other night. This is one of those times when words begin to work. And you can take it deeper than that. You don't have to be a practicing witch to release witchcraft. All you got to do is begin to speak things that you shouldn't be speaking. Evil speaking is one of them. That can empower demonic workers of witchcraft and they become activated against people. 
And what this girl is doing as she's speaking is she's releasing witchcraft against the apostle Paul and his companions. And so witchcraft is often spoken in the form of curses. Those curses are now carried by demonic workers in the unseen world. It is words spoken through things like ill will, slander, jealousy, envy, hatred, actual curses that will empower the spirits of witchcraft and send them in a very particular direction towards particular people. And so these demonic workers carry these curses to intended targets where they seek to infiltrate churches, homes, families. Now I could just stop here and just begin to tell stories. I'm not going to tonight because I want to educate you a little more than a story would. Lots of witchcraft that I've faced over the years. and the, One of them I'll just tell you is a quick, moved into a new home in a new neighborhood. Nice neighborhood, beautiful neighborhood. When I walked into that neighborhood, I told my wife I felt witchcraft in this neighborhood. And lo and behold, very shortly in that house, we begin to have demonic visitations and things that begin to happen. And one night, God woke up in the middle of the night, and it was just a very tangible presence that followed me as I went downstairs, uh, stayed there until I confronted it. Well, we found out uh, that the woman across the street had practiced witchcraft for 23 years and uh, found out that I was a preacher because I witnessed the guy next door and began to send these whammies on me. Well, guess what? I started praying God remove her from the neighborhood, and guess what she did? She sold her house and moved. Hallelujah. But in the case of our text, the spirit at work in this girl was discerned as the spirit of divination. And she spoke this spirit. As she spoke, this spirit was able to begin to agitate the Apostle Paul. Now, the Bible says he became annoyed, but it was actually deeper than that. Other translations say deeply troubled, greatly annoyed, worn out. That's one of the features when you're dealing with witchcraft and in great distress. So Paul was affected in his spirit. He was affected in his concentration. His mind was affected by the spirit that was in this girl. Now I have found some common manifestations when witchcraft is at work against your life. Now let me just say that probably most of these could be linked to other things like the first one, confusion. You can be in confusion if you're double-minded and they're not making the decisions you need to make in life. So I'm just going to throw these out there and I don't want you to think that just because you have it, you absolutely, it's witchcraft. You're going to have to be honest with yourself in other areas of your life. But the things that I have found that are pretty common when witchcraft is at work against you, and most of these are things that just come out of nowhere. It's not something you deal with all the time. It's just some, It'll come, and it's like this. Where did that come? And you can't seem to shake it. Confusion is one of them. Mental fogginess. Headaches whenever you come to church. Extreme vexation or agitation out of nowhere for no apparent reason, and it's so... Intense, it, it makes you agitated, edgy, and it even affects your personality. Reoccurring demonic dreams or visitations. Now, that's a big one. Excessive reoccurring battles with fear that 
include deep panic attacks out of nowhere. Being woke up from your sleep often at the same time in the wee hours of the morning, especially if it's met with fear or panic. And finally, going from victory to depression or oppression, literally from one moment to the next. Now, I got a phone call, and uh, this couple, and the, the, uh, the husband called and put it on speakerphone, and, and uh, he's telling me about this infection his wife had in her ear, and as a result, her ear was plugged. She was suffering vertigo. She hadn't been able to. We were in revival at that time in the mother church, and she wasn't able to go. And so they call me, and they're telling me about this. And then he says, and on top of that, back-to-back -back nights now, she's had really demonic dreams. Now, I'm just going to say that almost always when you're having demonic dreams, there's some level of witchcraft something that that person's been involved in or exposed to. And so uh, I kind of ignore the ear thing for the moment uh, because I feel like the real issue is the witchcraft. And so they're on speakerphone, and I put mine on speakerphone, and I lead them in a prayer, and the prayer was very simple. We confronted the spirit of witchcraft. We didn't know where it came from, but you don't always have to know where it came from. And we broke its power, and we overthrew it and commanded it to leave. And right as I'm finishing the prayer, she starts going, oh, wow, wow. I said, what happened? Immediately her ear popped, and all of the, uh, the stuffiness was gone. The pain was gone. She found out later even the infection left. Uh, all the vertigo disappeared, uh, and her husband goes, wow, I'm looking at her, and I didn't see her. But he, he said she was kind of pale and zombied out, and everything about her demeanor changed just that fast. We're talking about the power of witchcraft. It's a weapon of the enemy of our soul. So here's the prophet Elijah. And he goes from this powerful display of God, this supernatural outpouring, to the words of a woman named Jezebel that begin to speak threats against him. But this was deeper than just a threat. And what happened to this man of God is he goes from victory to depression almost overnight. He just came off of a powerful display of God's power. And now he is possessed with a spirit of fear. He wants to end his life. Uh, and this is the depth in which witchcraft is able to work against a person's life. Your mind... Your emotional status can become deeply affected by witchcraft. It was hell's counterattack against the display of power that God brought through this prophet. Because the devil will use the supernatural against the supernatural. I'll show you this in a moment. So the same held true in the court of Pharaoh. As Moses enters, he's got this cool rod that God gave. And when you throw this rod down, oh man, if we were kids and that one, man, that would have been a cool toy to have, right? It turns into a snake. I was raised in the deserts of Arizona and we foolishly played with rattlesnakes all the time. So he's got this rod and this is certainly going to freak the Pharaoh out, see, but he didn't understand the power of witchcraft. And Pharaoh had all of these magicians and uh, 
enchanters and all of these, they came out and guess what? They threw down their rod and the same supernatural manifestation took place. I don't think Moses expected that because the demonic realm will use the supernatural to confront the supernatural. It's meant to back you off. Now, I don't wish it on anybody and I don't want you to go home and have bad dreams. I don't wish upon you a demonic visitation, but if you ever get one, you know what I'm talking about. So here's what inspired this whole sermon. And what happened was I was in, can I have a little extra time tonight? Yeah, this will take a little extra time. I've been good to you all week. Amen. <laughs> Is I was in Argentina in August. And now let me, let me preface this. It was off the charts on the supernatural, on a, on a level me personally as individual had never experienced through my life. I'm talking about deaf ears were opening, the mute were talking, diseased bodies were being healed, demons were being cast out. We had three confirmed deaf people, one that was completely 100% deaf from birth, was 28 years old, healed. We had two of them with one ear healed. We had three confirmed demon manifestations where the demon came out and they were completely delivered. Uh, I could give you all sorts of testimonies, just many, many testimonies. This young boy, eight years old, had never spoke. He had a traumatic event when he was one year old uh, and, and it seized him up and God opened his mouth and he began to speak. So all this is happening. But I'm experiencing the trial of trials of all trials and assaults that I've ever faced in my entire Christianity. So I'm texting Pastor Stevens during this and saying, please pray for me. I am under assault. I am experiencing spiritual warfare on a level that I have not experienced. And it was witchcraft. It was just flat out witchcraft. It was intense. It was everything from physical or felt like physical visitations in the wee hours of the morning, invasion into my dreams. I'm talking about just thick, a thick, thick oppression when you're trying to press through in the prayer room and break through into God. And all these things are happening side by side. The miracles of God are taking place. Uh, I'm being assaulted. My mind is weary. Uh, and it happened in two particular cities. One was Cordoba. The other was the city of Gonzales, Catan. And Cordoba was the first city. And there were many things that took place uh, Spirit of which God, I found out about halfway through the revival when I shared this with the pastor that that neighborhood's filled with practicing witches. Well, it makes sense. And so they're always doing stuff against the church. Well, I'm in a foreign country with a, a, a don't understand the language. I don't know the culture. I, I'm not used to this spiritual atmosphere. And it was, it took me back. I want to be honest with you. And we got dominion on that because Tuesday night, God spoke to me about using the altar to break that. And I'll tell you what, the glory of God felt. But you know what happened? It was supernatural, but it was crazy. We're breaking the curse. We're casting down witchcraft. I closed the service, and a pastor with his wife brings her, and she's, she looks frail. She looks like she's about to vomit. She's, her head is hurting, like, I mean, pain that she's about to cry. What happened, it came on her right as we were confronting witchcraft. It wasn't there before. She's never dealt with this before. And I knew immediately it was a demonic manifestation. Not that she had a demon. It was just 
in the spirit realm. And just as quick as it came, we confronted that just as quick, and it was gone, broke. I got to Gonzalez Catan, and it got worse. It got more intense. When you go into that city, there's a massive altar dedicated to the Santa Muerte. And I'm telling you, witchcraft is a predominant prevailing spirit in that city. Uh, and uh, it, it visited me in the wee hours of the morning, one night, one in the morning. And I am, I mean, I felt like I was about to lose my mind. I wanted to run out of that house, but the doors are locked from the inside with these they got the little key thing, and it's not like what we have. And the key's not in the door. You can't just open the deadbolt. All of the windows are barred because it's so dangerous there. And I'm left with this spirit there, and I'm fighting in about 45 minutes. And I'm telling you, if I had hair on my head, it would have been standing up. I had a translator. He's never translated before. He's never been in a pulpit. I encouraged him to be very prayed up before getting into the pulpit, especially one particular night as I was going to confront this thing. He comes to me in prayer, and he begins to say, man, I'm dealing with all manner of confusion, mental... I mean, he was useless to me. I mean, he was losing his mind, you know, because witchcraft was confronting this guy, and he'd never experienced this in this level and I begin to minister to him uh, that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We prayed, got dominion, and God gloriously moved. Now, I say all that because what that was all about was a confrontation against the supernatural. And it began to get out of control because over there, they all, they're all on the app and all the pastors. And so they knew I was coming a certain way through the country to preach. And, and in Cordoba, the miracles begin to happen, and the de first deaf ear opened, and the first demon was cast out. And so by the time you get to the next one, they're already waiting. And by the third one, the girl with the double deaf ear, and on it went. And, and this just bombardment from hell. But how many know we have dominion tonight? Hallelujah. I said we have dominion tonight. That God has invested his authority in you and I. And so I want to talk about this, confronting the power of witchcraft. And then we're going to pray two things tonight. One's going to be for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because this is God's power on display. Hallelujah. Confronting the power of witchcraft. So in our text, Paul confronts this spirit of divination. And in verse 18, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. I always add emphasis there, just in case. I haven't had a manifestation yet, but, and he came out that very hour. See, witchcraft is a spirit. It must be confronted in order to bring it under the submission of the power of God. So you cannot sheepishly or fearfully confront witchcraft. It has to be confronted with a Holy Ghost boldness and confidence. You must know that you have dominion over them. They do not have dominion over you. So there was this young girl about 15, 16 years old in the El Paso church. And she came to me. I almost want to do the Chris Hart thing and walk through your aisles, but I'm afraid of getting off my notes. Amen. <laughs> but she came to me, and she'd been, she and her mother had been having 
um, these demonic dreams for about three weeks, and they're they're wearing them out. You can tell they're keen to me. They got bags under their eyes. These ladies are tired. They're weary. They said we've been fasting, we've been praying, and nothing. Every night, these assaults right in their dream, and we're talking about a coven of witches. So they're describing this. It's always the same thing, sometimes more, but it's always the same. So this is a coven of witches somewhere that has found access to these people. Now, we know what it was. It was her sons. But And so I said, well, what do you do when they come? And she says, well, I just begin to pray and plead the blood of Jesus. But the problem is she was doing it with fear. You can't, you can't confront it with fear, folks. I know, fear is real, but fear is demonic. So one night, look, I really hope nobody has bad dreams tonight. Look, we got dominion in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but one night, she wakes up out of her dream, and at the end of her bed was manifest one of the witches. Just as clear as I'm standing here. And so I said, look, this is what you're going to do. Now, this sounds great coming off of preacher's lips, but you're telling a 15-year-old girl to do this. At two in the morning. When they come again, you're going to get off of your bed and walk in their direction. You're going to point your finger at them. You're going to tell them, you don't have dominion over me. I have dominion over you. Again, that sounds wonderful. I've known guys that can't do that. So I go my way. I'm traveling. I'm on the road. About three weeks later, I run into her. And I said, look, I need to know what happened. Did they come back? Yes, they came back. What did you do? Well, I did what you said to do. I said, what happened? She says, they left. I said, have they come back? No. Because we have dominion, church. And that's not just for hype's sake. That's reality's sake tonight. Now, I had my very first encounter with witchcraft as a new convert. Now, we were radical firebrands for Christ. We were these young soldiers. I had gotten saved in the military, beginning to get military guys saved. And so we're all hanging out, and we're just firebrands. So one day we're on Saturday outreach, and we'd go in groups of two. And we ran into this guy, and he actually, we give him a flyer, and he actually invites us to a, a thing in the El Paso desert. They were going to do some sacrifices of animals that were deep into witchcraft. Of course, we, we're all fired up. We confront the guy and everything, and, and then, you know, it doesn't go anywhere, and we walk off. That night, we show up to the church. We're going to have our own outreach, and we would always have prayer meeting first, and so there were about five or six of us. And we're in there. Lights are out. I don't know why we like to pray with lights out. We did. And, and we're getting a hold of God. And all of a sudden, I mean just like this, the entire prayer meeting seizes up and it's like and one guy gets up what on earth is that the other guy goes I just saw a demonic face in the window and then we get up and we're all feeling this like presence and then we go the guy that we talked to he's got our flyer they're probably out there right now praying over that flyer we got together in a little circle full of the Holy Ghost we begin to call fire down and break the power of this. And I'm telling you, as fast as it came, it left. And the, the just the, almost like a wind that blew into the building. It was supernatural, powerful. That was my first encounter with witchcraft. 
Spiritual warfare is not for the weak of heart. But you have to fight it. If you're dealing with it, nobody can fight it for you. You're going to have to be full of the Holy Spirit. Particularly baptized in the Holy Ghost. And understand this. We are the ruling class in the spirit world. So I'm with Pastor John McCarthy. He was in Kenya, Africa for a while. He told me this story. He said there was a dear girl from his church, a young girl, and she had gone down to the water place to get water for their house. And You know, these types of places are just filled with witch doctors, and it's a pretty powerful manifestation. And as she's there, she looks up, and the local witch doctor is there, and she catches his eye, and they see eye to eye, and he uttered a curse her way. She heard it. This freaked her out. She dropped everything. She runs home. By the time she gets home, she's already feeling sick in her body. Her stomach is beginning to swell. By the time they got word to the pastor, she's already laid out in bed. Her stomach is just swelling and swelling. Pastor McCarthy is imploring her to believe God and believe we have authority over this. Uh, this curse can be broken. And she looked up at him in abject fear and said, Pastor, you don't know how powerful these witch doctors are. Two hours later, she died. See, fear and faith cannot coexist. Fear overcomes faith. Faith overcomes fear. In our text, it highlights the necessary confrontation and the provided dominion. Paul rebukes this demon power, and it is broken. It's the result of prayer. Listen to what I'm going to say. If you're taking notes, this is a good little thing to write down. Discernment is our gift to expose witchcraft. Prayer is our weapon to fight witchcraft. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost is God's power provided to us. And in 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, prayer, backed with faith, is the greatest weapon we possess as Christians to confront all the powers of darkness. Holy Ghost-filled prayer, or as James put it, fervent prayer, or on fire prayer, confronts the powers of darkness and establishes the kingdom of God in all of its power, and Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, I love that imagery. No doubt the kingdom of God has come to you. But the finger of God is more powerful than all the kingdoms of darkness. We're backed by the finger of God tonight, church. And witchcraft and his power is triumphed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that will rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, says the Lord. That means the tongues that speak witchcraft shall be utterly condemned, 
The weapons of the demonic will not prosper against you. This is the position of victory that God gives us. It is available to each and every one of us. But it will take confrontation at times. It's not automatic. And I will say this as I conclude. Our daily prayers should always have a segment, a segment. Don't sit there and start talking to the devil your whole prayer reading. But should have a segment dedicated to binding the spirit of witchcraft, even if it's not seemingly active at the time. You don't have to feel its activity to need to be praying against it because the spirits of witchcraft are always seeking an opportunity to express themselves and at times will be employed against us to confront a move of God or a time of momentum. Have you ever had one of those things where you plan this thing out and you're all excited and, and, and even you might have seen a great thing God did, but then all of a sudden, you ever noticed it, or maybe you've been in a ministry and this happened, and then all of a sudden it's like everything just starts, everyone's mind goes crazy, and then everyone's at each other, and there's three, and then all this animosity, everything that just gets crazy. You ever seen that? You ever had that? You've been, some of you have been saved long enough for that to have happened. Often that is witchcraft that is employed against the unity of the brethren, against a ministry, against a family, a household, a preacher, an outreach, or whatever it may be, and more so if you know you have relatives or a culture that you've come out of that has those elements. But see, what we're going to do tonight at this altar is we're going to initiate the power of God. And we're going to do two things tonight. And the first of those is we're going to break any and every curse that might be at work or any manifestation you might be dealing with or on and off again deal with, and you're going to take that with you, and God is going to also fill people, baptize with the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to change everything about your walk with God tonight. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? Well, I feel His power here tonight. Now, I don't preach this just to have a nice, neat sermon at the end that gets people on the edge. I preach this because when I communicated with Pastor Stevens what I was dealing with, he said to me, well, maybe if you can get inspired, you can put together a sermon on it. And he gave me October 30th, the day before Halloween. He said, that Sunday night you can preach it. Well, that's what happened. That's where I launched the sermon. But something else happened. I didn't know at the time until I got back home from that trip. Now, I'm communicating with my pastor all this happening, and my wife and daughter, they go to Pastor Stevens' part way through me being gone, and they had been experiencing themselves these visitations in the house. They'd never had it. They've never personally had it since we've been there. And all sorts of craziness, and they went to him. Now, he was privy to what I was dealing with. My wife had no idea. I didn't tell her. Pastor didn't tell her. But he immediately realized it's a coordinated attempt of hell to assault me while I was there and to assault them while they were in another country. And he prayed with them. And my wife testified that it completely broke. And then we coordinated our story after I got home. Now, I don't tell you all this to get you on the edge and get you all freaked out. There's really honestly, you don't have to be freaked out over it. 
But we need to understand this is real spiritual warfare we're involved in. It's no joke. And I don't take lightly and I don't just sit there and, well, the devil's just a punk and all. No, no. You know what? We may have power over him, but you better be careful. But at the end of the day, we are the ruling class in the spirit world. Every man, every woman. You may be sitting here tonight and you're not right with God and this type of stuff. It'll scare you. It'll mess with your head, especially if you've been involved in it or if you've experienced it maybe through drug trips or maybe through things you've experimented with, but listen to me, God wants to set you free tonight. God wants to break the power of fear that is driving this generation literally insane. But you need to come to Christ tonight. What He did on that cross gives us victory that nothing else in this life can give. It comes from the cross comes from the precious blood He shed. There is forgiveness of sins. There is peace that comes from God. There's clarity of mind. There's deliverance from addictions. Bondages of all sorts. The spirit of suicide, of depression, of oppression. God has a plan for you tonight. Will you come to Christ? If you're not right with God, there's hope, but you must come to Christ. Confessing your sins and Perhaps you've not done that, but you're ready to do that tonight. You would allow us to pray with you. If that's you, just lift your hand to me and say, that's me. Pray with me tonight. Who would that be? God wants to help you tonight. He wants to enter into where you're at. He wants to change you. He wants to rewrite what your future is going to be. He wants to help you overcome your past. Come to Jesus tonight. Who would that be? Lift your hand up. I'm not right with God, but I want to be. You might be backslidden. Just come back. God's waiting for you tonight. If that identifies you, just lift your hand up so I can see it. We're going to pray with you tonight. Anybody here, very quickly. God loves you. I'm talking beyond whether we just believe in God or attend some religious services or own some religious jewelry. I'm talking about a relationship with the living God that begins when we repent. We're done with our old life. We're done with our old pleasures and the bondages and all the things that hold us captive and we're ready to live for God. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up. Just wave it at me, put it right back down. Okay, listen, church. Again, I'm not trying to sensationalize anything. Any story I've told you was a true story that I experienced or heard from somebody firsthand. Very little of what I preached to you came out of a book other than the Bible and the things that I've experienced. Not everybody's going to experience it at the level there's reasons for that, but nevertheless, there's still a real battle that's going on that we all have to fight. But for some of you, this is real. This is real. As I'm speaking, you're saying, yeah, that's where I've lived. That's what deal I deal with. That's what I go through. When I was reading that list off of things, some of your minds, it just illuminated. That's what it is. Now, like last night, I'm going to 
just ask you to come and stand in the altar space and we're going to pray. I'm going to invite you to come right now and just stand here. Don't kneel down. Just stand and keep your heads bowed and just wait on God for a moment this evening. God wants to visit us tonight. God wants to work supernaturally on our behalf. So many needs, so many needs, so many needs. Now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and if any of these apply to you, I just want you to lift your hands with every head bowed. Now let me, I'm going to first ask this, and let me say the whole thing before you respond. Perhaps you have been prior to salvation, you were personally involved in witchcraft or visited witches or palm readers or New Age religions or some sort of a future reader of the future, but you've never prayed what we call a prayer of renunciation, a very specific prayer, and perhaps infrequently you still have like interactions with those demonic workers that or that curse that was released because you went to them. So first of all, if you've ever practiced witchcraft, or if you've ever gone to in any of the settings I've mentioned, but you've never particularly renounced it as a very particular type of prayer, I want you first to raise your hand. Okay, I see a couple here. Okay. Now, Perhaps you've been under this spiritual assault. You've been having demonic visitations, demonic dreams, maybe manifestations in your home. If that identifies you, I want you to lift your hand. In numbers, quite a number of people. Okay. okay that's going to stop tonight. Now, I mentioned a list of things. Confusion, mental fogginess, headaches when you come to church all those things. If any of those apply to you and you haven't really understood why it's there and tonight you feel like it could very well be witchcraft, I want you to lift your hand. Okay, many hands going up. Okay. Now I'm just going to pray an open prayer here because we have dominion. Just like this dear girl that called on the phone and we, I just led her in a prayer. It was her prayer. It was her faith. It was her authority. All I did was lead them there. And that thing broke. Now, some things are going to break, and you're going to be liberated, and you've got to keep that liberty. You can't be afraid of this. You can't be afraid to go to sleep at night. Greater is he that's in you, Christ, than he that's in the world. To lift your hands towards heaven. I want you to pray in the name of Jesus. I break every power of the spirit of witchcraft. I confront it. You don't have dominion over me. I have dominion over you. And I renounce any and all of my past involvement 
And I break these curses. And I turn them back to where they came from. And by the precious blood of Christ, I am made whole. I am liberated. I am made free. My body is healed. My mind is cleared. And I have dominion tonight over all witchcraft, sorcery, every incantation. I break its power. It has no more authority. I come as a child of the King. And by the blood of Christ, in Jesus' name, now begin to worship God tonight. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, O God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the power. Thank you for deliverance tonight. Thank you for victory. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dominion. Thank you for the authority of Jesus. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, worship Him. God is moving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I'll tell you what, there's a breakthrough right there. Something just broke through. They expect something to have changed. Now, you're here. You're not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, if you're new, that's that weird language you hear us when we begin to praise God and we speak. You're like, what is that? It's the language of God. It's not meant for us to understand. But it's the evidence that God gave to show us the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, come here, dear sis. Yeah. Because the other night I ministered to her. Just come forward and turn around ministered to her and she wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. She was standing right over here. And then we begin to worship God and tell them what happened. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's God's gift to us. Now, if you don't have that and you want that, I just want you to come and just Meet me right here in the front. Just come. Don't be afraid or ashamed or scared. I'm going to explain it to you a little better in a moment. But just come. Help help them out, folks. you got folks you're working with that uncertain. I know it feels uncertain. That's good, bro. What's your name? Ryan. How long you been saved, Ryan? Okay. Never got filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Do you believe in it, though? you believe it's from God? What's your name? Siobhan, you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? So what, what happened? Do you still speak it? Okay, we're going to get you drenched tonight. What's your name? You're just here to encourage her. How about you? What's your name? You feel the Holy Spirit? Baptism of the Holy Spirit? You speak in tongues? Okay. How many others that don't speak in tongues here? Do you speak in tongues? No. You believe it's from God? Do you believe it's from God? 
Yeah? You ready to be filled? Anybody else want to join these? Are you joining? Anybody here? Listen to me closely. Are you ready, my brother? Because this is about to get real. You know, we always look for this thing in life. This this is about to get real. I'm serious. God's going to really touch you right now. Okay, so help me with the interpretation. Very important. Okay, you're going to have to step out in faith. And many people, they, they get freaked out about this. There's nothing to get freaked out about. But you got to speak in tongues. You say, well, I can't. God will cause you to. You have to speak. Now, I've had lines of 20 people. I got too into it, and everybody got filled with the Holy Ghost. So what I'm saying, don't wait on me. I'm not the one that gives it to you. I'm just trying to help your faith. If it's already on you, before I come pray for you, speak it. Shout it. Speak in tongues. We can get pretty radical about those bulldogs, can't we, bro? Oh, come on, somebody. That's the reason why I didn't shout out Sunday morning to you. I didn't want to lose the focus in the beginning of the revival. But but we're going to get radical about tongues tonight. We're not going to be afraid. Are you still interpreting for me? We're not going to be ashamed. Are you willing to do that with me? Are we going to agree together, right? I'm going to lay my hands on you. Speak in tongues. Yeah? See or no? Okay. I want you to lift your hands. Now, everybody else, when we begin to worship, I want all of you, as they say in South Texas, and I think it's true here, all y'all, right? Isn't that the way it is? That means everybody. I want you speaking in tongues. It's about to get glorious right now. I want you to say in Jesus' name, I thank you for this gift, for this power, for tongues. Fill me, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I receive it in Jesus' name. Lift your voices. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Release baptism. Fill them right now in Jesus' name. Siaramande. You got to tell them to speak it. Siaramando roboboko. There you go. Siaramando rishi. Yeah, he's filled. Hallelujah. No more English. Here we go, brother. In Jesus' name, fill him. No English. You got to speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Oh, he's filled. Powerful. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. Fill her right now. She's full. In Jesus' name. Yes. Worship God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I told you, my brother. Huh? Caught up in the spirit right there. That was <laughs> that way. Brother, that was powerful. Hallelujah. He got filled. I heard him. Yeah, look at the smile. If you weren't, you are now, sis. Speak it every day. Every time you pray, right, brother? In Jesus' name. It's going to revolutionize right here. Go tonight and tell somebody about Jesus. It's going to be different than any time you ever told somebody before. Powerful. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Feels good in here. Oh, yeah. Thank you for giving me a little more time tonight. 
I so appreciate the opportunity to be with you, minister in this great church, see what God is doing. It's a thrill of mine. And yeah, as the pastor said, sometimes it's not the most fun always being on the road, but these types of moments just blow that away. Hallelujah. You continue to pray for us, and uh, we're going to be praying. It always makes my list get a little longer as I see churches, see the needs, the opportunities. And Thank you, Pastor, for having me. Amen. Why don't we worship God as the pastor comes. Father, we thank you.